This podcast is brought to you by Uni Pizza Ovens, the world's number one pizza oven brand. Welcome to the Pizza Pod Party. With Arthur Bavino and Alfred Schultz. On today's show... Our guest is podcaster and host of Death, Sex, and Money, Anna Sale. There's pizza headlines, and our topic is last meal pizzas. What I love about this episode is that I really feel like we're in a real sort of podcasty kind of vibe. Like we're in the we're in the podcast world. We're in the thick of it. Hello, hello. I'm Alfred Schultz. Welcome to the Pizza Party, pal. And I'm Arthur Bovino of NYC Best Pizza. I'm the head of pizza content for Uni Pizza Ovens. And after seeing a dirty martini dip on Instagram, I'm now obsessed with the idea of making a dirty martini dip pizza. Does that sound good? It sounds so good to me. I See, I'm not a martini guy, so that just sounds weird. Um, of course I would try it. Well, this is like cream cheese, sour cream, blue cheese, gin, olive brine, green, green olives, and olive oil. Just... And then throw that on a pizza after it's been baked. I think that would be so good. I love the conversation of pairing drinks with pizza. And I feel like it, it sometimes doesn't come up as much as I would like it to. Because I am I would love to hear what people drink with pizza. I'm always fascinated by it. And I, I also want to clear up the record. I'm not opposed to a soft drink uh, and a pizza. I know we had an argument before and it made it seem like I was against that. I'm not. I But I actually would prefer a diet. Soda. You've talked, I don't want to talk about diet soda. But you, so you green olives you don't like also or black yeah, olives? I don't like any all olives. All olives. All olives. Yeah. Okay. And no mushrooms. Well, that, and like broccoli, right. I can handle, but it's just like, I think it's a waste. You put it, put broccoli on the side so it doesn't ruin the pizza. So there needs to be more cheese with the broccoli if there's going to be broccoli on pizza. Yeah, but it's just also anyway. just no. If you want broccoli, have broccoli, but separate it from pizza. I don't understand why they have to be combined. I think it's What about like foolish. a broccoli, a cheesy broccoli soup kind of topping for a pizza? That's, the, that's you know, weird. Broccoli soup, like cheese and broccoli soup? Y- yeah, I like it in soup. I don't want okay. that on pizza. I don't think that's, okay. I think that's a ridiculous thing. Well, let's not do this. We sound like arguing siblings. Uh, really cool thing today i think this episode sounds different you're very judgy and bossy in this episode toward me but maybe that's why you like it you think i am i think so a couple times on this come off you think i'm judgy and bossy a little a little judgy and bossy you don't like when i the the, the direction that i started taking things with anna you're like like listen back off buddy and you're like oh oh, i mean you're a little yeah see i think that's more i think you're projecting i don't i i think you're hearing what your uh insecurities want you to hear but I love the tone of this conversation. There's it's nostalgia. It's the three loss. of us sort of hanging out. Yeah. We kind of gave ourselves an assignment because, of course, our guest is podcast extraordinaire Anna Sale and her very popular podcast, Death, Sex, and Money, is on the foremost of our minds for a lot of reasons. We'll get into that later. But we challenge ourselves to combine pizza with those topics, and it was we went to a lot of places I was not expecting. It's like working within the confines of a sonnet. It's almost liberating. Yes, when you agreed. have that kind of yeah, like it felt like we were at a bar talking about yeah, it. A hundred percent. And it was, and part of that is also talking with Anna, who is a a podcaster, an interviewer, professional, obviously storied. Yeah, I don't have to introduce her, but so fun to talk with somebody who interviews other people because we actually found ourselves being asked questions. <laughs> the time we don't get asked she brought us down i think we're kind of mellow ish ish on the air but i think deep down we're not mellow people but this brought out our mellowness and i think it was good it was a great exercise really good for us um so we have that we have our pizza topic which is last meal pizzas and we have news pizza news coming up but after this break it's at a sale Uni Pizza Ovens are excited to introduce their first indoor and outdoor pizza oven, Univolt 12. Uni's first all-electric oven, Volt, offers maximum versatility and performance in a beautiful modern design. Whatever the season and in any weather, you can make great pizza. Univolt is so convenient and easy to use. Just plug it in and you're ready to go. Not only does this oven look great, but it reaches 850 degrees and cooks pizza in just 90 seconds. To learn more, visit uni.com. That's O-O-N-I dot com today. 
It's the Pizza Pod Party special guest. Anna Sale is an award-winning podcast host and writer. Since 2014, WNYC has carried her very popular and critically acclaimed podcast, Death, Sex, and Money. In late 2023, news broke that the podcast would have no official home, but in January, it was announced that Death, Sex, and Money will be part of Slate. Anna is also the author of 2021's Let's Talk About Hard Things. Thrilled to have Anna Sale as this week's guest. I worked with Anna. I was lucky enough to work with Anna at the takeaway at WNYC. And then she went on. There was a whole sort of generation of folks from that group that went on to do real big things in the podcast world, which was good to me because I can have some of them as uh, guests on this very podcast. You run around circles with very Tony people. And yet I'm not. (laughs) So that's the problem. But the cool thing or interesting thing is that I had thought about booking her for a long time on this. And as I was basically booking her, this all happened where she was the show because of WNYC, all kinds of stuff. They got rid of her show. And I always knew this show would be picked up somewhere. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it's easy for me to say and stressful for her. But it was picked up by Slate, which is obviously huge news for her. So it's cool to be sort of in the thick of it right now with her because – you know, it's sort of day to day when you get updates about when the show is coming out. And I know her listeners are uh, very curious to know exactly yep. when this is coming out. So it's very cool we get to have her on this show. Hopefully some of her listeners are going to hear this and get their sort of fix. 100%. All right. So here's our conversation with Anna talking death, sex, money, and pizza. You know, I'm also just... There was some breaking news as we were in the process, or at least I, as I was even thinking of booking you on this show, Death, Sex, yeah. and Money has a new home at Slate. That's uh, right. So is there any, and I know this is going to, we're talking a little bit before this gets published, but is there any sort of breaking news you can give us? Is Slate entirely redoing the format? Is, the whole, is there going to be a different host? Is the whole thing run by AI? What are, what are, what can your fans be uh, waiting for for this? Yes, all of the above are possible. You're making me <laughs> realize I had a bad attorney. Um, I uh, no, it's going to be basically what I would say. It's February sixth is going to be my second day of work at Slate, um, and we are wow. going to be making new shows of Death, Sex, and Money that listeners will get to hear. And they also bought the entire that catalog so we are entirely a slate production wow that's awesome in 2024 congratulations excited yeah congratulations thank you i feel feel great about it so and i know because it was announced last year late last year that this was happening and for anybody in a situation like that not knowing where especially a show you created where your baby is gonna go that's stressful and it's sort of like a, a I don't want to make it silly, but in all seriousness, like stress and food sometimes go together. And, you know, I think there's so many extremes of when you're stressed, you don't eat. And when you're stressed or or the other option is you eat a lot. So did yeah, you experience any of that? Um, I I did. You know, that the way that it manifested is very pizza specific. OK. And that like, oh, yeah. um. You know, what happened was I found out that the show's run at WNYC was coming to an end Mm -hmm. at the end of the year, which meant my employment was up for grabs, how I was going to make money. And I noticed how I got nervous was there's this incredible pizza place called Joya's in Berkeley, California, but it's investment pizza. It's like very, you know, cost money. And I noticed that I would start going for the other pizza place because I was nervous. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So now I'm like, I think I can move back up to Joya's to that good, good pizza for my family. That's funny. Yeah. What was the the alternate? Where did you go? I'm not going to shout. I'm not going to. That's mean. (laughs) (laughs) It's another fine local establishment. It could be fine. Yeah. I was was, was expecting like uh, Papa John's. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, too, let's just go right to it, because you have uh, this longtime podcast that was so great in that it's, you know, it's specific while also being very broad. So it has this mm-hmm. great elevator pitch, but also within that elevator pitch, you can do a lot with it. And I love podcast. I love conceits like that. I mean, this is mm-hmm. sort of 
trying to attempt a similar kind of thing. But so let's try to really curb pizza into this conversation in a weird, awkward, unprofessional kind of way. So death, sex and money. So, Anna, can you connect death and pizza? Yes. Um, What death and pizza makes me think about. uh, I have I have two little kids who are seven and five. And so our pizza orders these days are like really yummy, good pizza and plain cheese. And they and we have to get a plain cheese and then they will eat without fail like two thirds of the pizza, the plain cheese. And then the next morning on the counter is the dead plain cheese pizza that's like, you know, cold, dry. And I look at it and I'm like, is this worth trying to revive or resurrect for somebody's school lunch? Mm-hmm. Or is this just like, do you call it? Cause it's kind of like, looks disgusting, you know, after we haven't put it away. That's what I think of when I think of death and pizza. Well, then I would dub that pizza Lazarus because that pizza <laughs> should have a second life because I, you definitely resurrect that pizza. That's my take on that. To me, that there's no death in that whatsoever. I, I could <laughs> not let that There's only go. rebirth. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> How would you bring back? How do you typically bring back your pizza when you try and do that? You know, I was going to just ask for your expert advice because we have a toaster oven and we have a microwave. Mm-hmm. And we also have an oven, oven, which seems like too much of a thing. And usually I do toaster oven, but then sometimes the crust gets a little too yeah. um, retoasted. What's I your think expert that there's advice? A, the, there, there should be a ban in anybody's house for putting pizza in the microwave, period. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm totally against that. Right. I think the mo- Hey, listen, Alfred, you know, I mean, I know you disagree here, but I just Relax. think there should be a ban. My move is to take a uh, take the slice and turn on the faucet. So honestly, hold on for a second here and just run that slice of pizza really briefly, the crust at the least at the very edge under the water. And then I throw it in the toaster or and or the air fryer. You watch it like a hawk, but rehydrating that crust just a little bit. Mm. I, it just like brings back that like day of bread kind of feeling and smell and it kind of just brings it back to life a little bit some people are swear by doing uh you could just like you know also just kind of sprinkle your face nobody can see this uh, what motion that i'm doing with my hand but sprinkle the hand gestures the, yeah exactly the pizza with some water from, from your hand and put it in the oven uh people do a lot of like like to do the cast iron move where they put the cast iron on the stovetop they cover it uh and you can even flip the pizza so you have cheese face down and then so that you warm up the cheese, because a lot of the time the cheese doesn't warm up at the same rate that the crust yeah. does. So anyway, there's a bunch of different things. The, the question I want to ask you around death and pizza okay. is, do you think it's OK to have a wake where the meal where you're having the family all together Ooh. over pizza? Or is that kind of a verboten, not important enough food from some people's perspectives? Mm. I think it definitely depends on the family. Mm-hmm. And I think it depends on the quality of the pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I let's see. Certainly, here I view pizza as like the like multi generational crowd pleaser. So I would say heck yes. And I think mm-hmm. it's better than like a cheese plate or a like fruit plate or you know. Um, and it allows for easy mingling. I'm picturing like a wake. I'm picturing like an after memorial service gathering. Mm-hmm. People are yep. starving. But they don't want to sit down and like have to make eye contact at a table for a lot. You know, they want to be like be able to move as needed. Mm-hmm. So I think pizza. I'm for it. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I think it. I think it. It depends on the. Fa- it depends on the family. Depends on the person. But I could definitely see what your point about not wanting to necessarily make eye contact. I can also see like, listen, pizza is one of the most comforting foods that there are, and so mm-hmm. you know, part of me thinks like, why wouldn't a pizza parlor be you know a great place to bring the family? And you know, we have the pitchers of soda for the kids, and you know, you can get the cocktails or the pitchers of beer around, and everybody gets to sit together, and maybe it's a little bit of a louder place, and you can really celebrate a life. So I could, I could definitely see pizza being that kind of uh that kind of meal in that kind of situation but i also feel like you know maybe it wouldn't work for certain people or certain situations 100% but i could see how it would work i was picturing more ordering the pizza at someone's house or something like mm-hmm. that 
but yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, maybe that's my Italian family and the funerals and the wakes that I've been to, yeah. where it's like everybody gets together and it's very loud, and you go to an Italian restaurant and there's a lot of cocktails, and people start trying to make you know laugh and have and change change direction and their yeah. their what we're you know what they're thinking about and how their emotions are are rolling. I don't know. That's that could be telling you more about me than anything else. I think maybe I don't know. Like for me, like if you bring a pizza. Or if you go to a pizza place, but having pizza delivery seems a little bit mm-hmm. slightly gauche. Yeah, it does feel gauche. Mm-hmm. But again, to both of your points, I think of like comfortability. Though it depends on the person ordering it. It depends on the the person, the deceased. And so I think that it could it could really fit depending on you know I think the circumstances because there's something while gauche. It also there's something sort of refreshing. In a yeah. weird way of that, that mm-hmm. I would be like kind of impressed if they just ordered a bunch of pizza and, you know, I don't know. But that's not at all where I thought this would go. I had my options for death and pizza where, you know, often we talk about final meals and pizza oh. could be, it, I would think, is largely a good uh, final meal. And the other one I thought was uh, uh, obviously pizza and heart disease. So <laughs> there you go. Well, what about, yeah, can we do the next one? Yeah. Pizza and sex. Now I don't feel very celebratory about pizza. Okay. Pizza and (laughs) sex. That's easy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. That's easy. I feel like it's like, it's like such a good like way to like move things to the next step. Come over. We'll get a pizza. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then home pizza. That's funny. I thought I, I wrote down something similar, but it was more of just like, I, in my head, I was picturing a pizza date. Like, I think that depends on the mm-hmm. pizza place mm-hmm. can be a great date spot, I think. Yes. I didn't think about ordering pizza as like the. It's like a Netflix and chill and yeah. pizza thing. Mm. Yeah. Which I remember first hearing Netflix and chill for a very long time and not having any idea. <laughs> it was 100% a euphemism for sex. I just thought it was like, oh, people like, yeah, hang out and watch Netflix. I think, Very are naive. we all in our 40s? This is because uh, we're yeah. in our 40s. <laughs> Rapidly yeah, approaching 50. <laughs> Arthur, what was your uh, uh, pizza and sex? I, I kind of start thinking about this in terms of like post-sex right. meal mm. situation. Hey, listen, you know, these are difficult conversations that, you know, you may feel uncomfortable <laughs> having, Alfred. Uncomfortable. But, you know, this is part of what, you know, this is I'm all blushing. about. I feel like it's it's a it's the perfect you know, uh, we're talking about leftovers. You go from having the pizza, then there's the sex, and then there's the leftovers built right in there to have a little meal afterwards. I don't know. That's where I, my mind goes. Oh, like kind of like naked toaster ovening. Your, there you go. You know, or just, or then room temp, I think maybe. You're just going for the pizza. I mean, can we clean up, though? Do I have to? Because like, there's something this. about after this, after that act, that unholy act. Um, I don't, I don't want to be, I'm, that, that's me, my most vulnerable naked eating pizza. You know, I don't know if I would, that's not something I think. I mean, you're, you're all about. of a sudden you're uncomfortable. You're, oh, like yeah. you're, you've had this very intimate moment and now all of a sudden you want to cover up with your oh, sheet ashamed. and be a prude. I'm totally ashamed. And yeah, I mean, you have to, normally what I do is I call my priest afterwards and we <laughs> chat. I cry a bit. Um, so I don't know if there's much time for pizza when that happens. Uh, my poor wife. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm not touching that one. So I had written down dating at sex and then just it, like eating in the bedroom. Is that, is that weird? Like actually like, cause I'm like, I, I just wrote that down. I didn't think that that's, I don't know. I think it's happened for sure. I don't yeah. know if it's ideal. Yeah. yeah. Probably better in your mind mm-hmm. than it is in practicality. Mm-hmm. Depends on the crust. Depends if it's a crummy, you know, crunchy crust or if it's something that's not going to leave a trail. A Sicilian would be tough. Yeah. <laughs> or not. I don't know. I do want to go back to date night because I do feel like if you're early in a romance. Yeah. Like that's like the, that's like the starter food you share, right? Because mm-hmm. it's yep. weird to share entrees if you're having to use forks. It's, if you're just getting to know each other. But like. Oh, what do you like on your pizza? Well, and then you're like sharing. What's intimate? Kind of figuring that out. 
No, I, that's part of what I what I think about pizza and intimacy and people under, starting to understand who the other person is and why I like it for a date. You can have the perfect amount of conversation around a slice of pizza with a stranger or with somebody that you're dating for the first time. And I feel like you get or a pie and share a pie and you get a really good glimpse into that person. And you can also look at this, the way they approach pizza and have a really good understanding of how you might connect or not connect with that person. And also, it, you know, it, because it's so accessible, uh, it, it cannot it kind of like opens up those pathways, I think, to having um, a, a casual conversation. Well, Anna, then uh, to go on your point, is there something that someone can do either at uh, your place or out to dinner that is like a turnoff pizza wise? Well, I was just thinking I really like that my husband also likes red pepper flakes on his mm, pizzas. Interesting. I feel like I'm like, would I be as attracted to somebody who doesn't like a little heat yeah. on their pizza? Yep. Not sure. <laughs> you know? My wife and I are, are opposites on that exact topic. Oh, really? That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Does she like spice and you don't or the other way? Yeah, around? I don't mind spice. I just never think I never want to alter, rarely want to alter the slice I'm given. Interesting. Yeah. What about you, Arthur? Do you add a little? Oh, I'm a red pepper flake guy all the way. Yeah, I, I had yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you had me pegged <laughs> there already. Yeah. Um, anything that could be a turnoff. Let's see. I mean, not. I'm pretty open. I'm not like a big like. I'm like a classic. I don't like like, like chicken on pizza. I'm like, mm. what is that about? Yeah. It might be. It might work for you, but that's not my. It just doesn't feel. It's not a vibe. That I ha- that I sync up with. Chicken on pizza can be controversial. I mean, I'm working with Anthony Falco. He was talking about uh, how he now he would never put chicken on pizza. He's a very well known uh, pizza maker here in New York City, and he said, "I'll never put chicken on pizza until I do." But I'm never going to do it. He's it's very controversial. Or something. Well, there's buffalo chicken pizza, chicken parm pizza. I, I like know, a chicken parm pizza, but I don't know if on a date I would I. I wouldn't go there per se on a date. I don't think. I think that's like you know. I don't think. I don't think you. Unless, unless Let's get I don't the know. chicken parm pizza. De- Let's go all in here, folks. I think it depends on the pizza place. It depends on a lot of things. But yeah, no, I like a good chicken pizza though. So I, I feel like I am turning Anna off with all of my responses. So this well, is we can be really good friends, Alfred. <laughs> I'm that would be a great. I, I could here in the middle of this conversation <laughs> you with you here, Alfred. So you should. Just saying. You absolutely should. Now, can we connect it with money? Where is your brain going with money and pizza, Anna? Well, I, I mean, it's it's telling to me that I've already talked about money and pizza. Money is my where my neuroses goes. It doesn't mm-hmm. go to death or sex. It goes to money, and so I feel like the investment in the high quality Berkeley Joya pizza. Is like when I'm, I feel like I'm living high, you know, or especially when I get it delivered via like DoorDash and I pay the premium on top of that. It's like, this is worth it. This is worth it today on this Friday evening for my family. Do you ever, because obviously the chains are most of the time cheaper, um, do you ever go that route, route? You know, I did. I grew up on chain pizza, but I don't ever since living in New York and the Bay Area, it doesn't occur to me because there's there's such high quality pizza available. Um, And there's just so much variation in the high quality pizza. You know, you might not go for the New York slice. You might go for the Detroit style. You might go for the deep dish. Like, it just feels like I don't know. I don't ever think of the chains that speaks to my class privilege and snobbery at this point in my life that which i'm aware well would that be a turnoff then if someone's like hey come to my apartment i'm ordering some papa john's let's Domino's. see it wouldn't would it be a turnoff it would like that would like like it would be like a nostalgic nice but like i wouldn't want to have papa john's every time yeah that makes sense yeah and and I feel like Papa John's, I have Nestelic. Do they still do the like garlic butter little plastic tub? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I haven't had it in so long. Yeah. Um, and I huh. also appreciate the taste of Pizza Hut pizza. That's nostalgic for me with like the red plastic cut. Like I think of trips to yeah. the Pizza Hut when I was growing up. Um, Domino's, I feel like would be a turnoff. It's just, I don't know why. It's funny. It's funny if you, that you were adamant about the turnoff of the person ordering Domino's. 
But if they found out you would have been okay with Papa John's, they would have been probably a little confused by that and <laughs> a little frustrated, perhaps. I think, does Domino's, is it sweeter than other, like, is the tomato sauce sweeter? In my memory, there's something, it's like a little cloying in there, it's flavor. I I don't know uh, the ingredients on the on the different you know various different websites for these different chains what the <laughs> level of sugar is but I would I'd be willing to bet you that there's sugar in these so- you know a lot of these sauces for sure um, yeah yeah you know I, part of what you do is having conversations with people about difficult subject matter and you know I feel like with with pizza there are, there are definitely personal moments. That people could have that could be they could be vulnerable around things that they don't they wouldn't necessarily do with other people or secret beliefs that they have about how they like to trick out their slices for themselves or when they eat pizza that may be uh, I don't know inappropriate or embarrassing. I'm just wondering if you have any you know thoughts if you were to if you were to have a pizza podcast. I guess is my question. What would some of the questions be that you would be trying to get at to sh- have people share their you know more intimate details? through the lens of pizza because that's partly of what we try and do is ask these questions to try and get to other things obviously i'm just curious if you have any insight there i immediately thought about like different contexts for delivery and Mm -hmm. and i thought i I would like to interview uh pizza delivery people and just like what what have you seen where Mm -hmm. have people uh needed pizza immediately um Mm -hmm. and and then i think it's like where did some of the most like where was the most like clutch place that you showed up with a with a pizza because mm. pizza can be such like a surprise like I think about what's a great um, question like I have I'm I'm a mom I've got little kids and like I there's this thing at the Oakland Zoo in the holidays where they do all these light up things and it's called Glofari and there's this like thing that families do where they will like tailgate in the parking lot after dark of the zoo and I'm like that is cool with pizza. And I'm like, so you nice. showed up with your family. You got a bunch of pizza. You're like tailgating. Um, yeah, I like, I like. Uh, let's see, pizza picnics. There could be some interesting stories there. Romance. Yeah, I don't know. It's like so interesting because pizza is both like really, um, it's this window into the everyday. Mm-hmm. And also like when you really, Maybe also moments of like deep aloneness and isolation when all you're eating is pizza and drinking beer and smoking cigarettes in your apartment. Um, so I do feel like you all are onto something with the frame of the pizza podcast. We've gone yeah. into that a little bit, but like you're so right. It is like the definition of a communal food while also being this at times incredibly private ordeal where you could be in your PJs, still in bed, order a pizza and have a really dark weekend to yourself. So like, yeah, there is something interesting about boxes. Yeah. 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 Kind of like I'm sure for every like glorious, happy, joyful pizza memory Mm -hmm. someone has, there's probably one or two like deeply shameful ones. We're sad. Oh. I mean, I I can remember yeah. times that where pizza maybe be this is a little dramatic, but saved my life. You know, maybe like eleven thirty at night or one o'clock in the morning, where it's a slice shop, where maybe I years ago I had too much to drink or something, and I needed something to kind of where I was alone or a girl something happened with or whatever, and it's like I'm just gonna have my slice of pizza standing here on the corner. I'm gonna be by myself and. It's a moment to stop and reflect, uh, have a little comfort, and move on. I mean, I, I don't know. It's I feel like it can definitely be that kind of personal moment, but then also, hey, we're all you know together and we're sharing, and we're what's this? What are the toppings that I will only order when I'm by myself and <laughs> not order when I'm with it's a whole bunch of time. other people? It's right. me time, right? <laughs> double cheese, double pepperoni. Come on, let's go. But you brought up shame. I think there's uh, like as much as I love it, there's so much shame about like it is a perfect bingeable food. In that, like, I, I I could be wrong, but it's not like someone's going over to McDonald's and just be like, I'm getting 15 Big Macs. I mean, I'm sure that's something they do, but there's something more sort of natural, unnatural in a way, but like of just being like, I can get a large pizza. And that kind of does the same thing. Um, but it's almost more normalized in that sense. Yeah. You that's tell yourself you're going to save it for lunch tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of stained sweatpants and a lot of shame. 
Um, well, Anna, you brought up too growing up uh, and eating chain pizzas. And so, is there anything else you can tell us about growing up in West Virginia? How's the pizza like in the Mountain State? I feel, I mean, there is like definitely some really wonderful Italian restaurants in my hometown in Charleston. Um, but the one, they weren't like pizza places except for Graziano's. And Graziano's was a local pizza joint that, like, when the mall opened, they had like a corner on the food court and it was like really amazing, amazing pizza. Um, that was like my first slice place was like on the third floor of the Charleston Town Center Mall and like just down from the Orange Julius and the corn dog oh, place. Oh, yeah. This is like mid 80s. Yeah. Like amazing. Um, but other than that, I feel like when I think about pizza with my family, it was like uh, the era of like book it at Pizza Hut. So you would go and you would report to Pizza Hut that you were reading your books in elementary school and you would you had like a little was it like a little like card or something and you would earn mm-hmm. glasses. You know, did you all do this with like cartoon? I always heard about it. I lived too far from a Pizza Hut and I was not good enough at reading. So I was not the demographic (laughs) for that particular (laughs) promo. So you were probably one of those cool kids at like the sit down Pac-Man like game that Pizza Hut had. You know, I mean, the flat top video games. Not even cool enough for that. So, yeah, (laughs) I would have. I, when it comes to like Pac-Man, I die in like two seconds. So no, I can't, I can't I'm, not, I'm not good at either thing. <laughs> but we definitely talked about that because that is such an essential thing though for people's like youth. And again, just because I didn't partake, I heard about it a lot. I mean, you definitely, that was a big thing. And yeah. you know, and the, the whole Pizza Hut red cup thing, we talk about this a lot too, that like symbolizes a pizzeria, pizza parlor. And I think Pizza Hut slowly seems to be, um, gravitating towards that and re-embracing it. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's a massive opportunity there. They opened up a I feel like it's a Barnes and Noble opportunity. Exactly. Celebrate you. We need this place. Like, why would you ever want to invest in like a modern pizza hut? Like, no, you have it look as old fashioned as humanly possible. And that would definitely create buzz, I would think. Yes. And the thing that's cool about Pizza Hut, I don't know, like Pizza Hut is in like this most rural small town communities and it still has that kind of like dark light red, you know, like co- cool sure. like vibe of like a real pizza place. I agree. I'm I'm for that. Domin- then after Pizza Hut sort of faded though by like, it was like the 30 minute delivery thing promised from um, Domino's. Domino's. Yeah. Like Domino's yeah. took over. Avoid the Noid. Was that the yeah. ad campaign? Of course it was, um, yeah. And then when I was in like late junior high, early high school, that's when Papa John showed up in the region with the little plastic tub of garlic butter sauce. And it was like, uh, and then my school would serve Papa John's pizza on two days a week for a dollar. You get a slice. Yeah. So I'm actually, I've had Papa John's. I've had like, obviously, but I was, uh, yeah, I don't remember ever having as as a kid. I had it like college or, you know, being single in my 20s, but like. What were we supposed to do with the butter sauce? Like, I'm being serious. Are you supposed to dip your pizza in there? Why Why did that arrive? What was the purpose of that? I feel like it made your crust into a breadstick after oh, you have eaten the pizza. It's for your part. crust? I, I think some people definitely poured, but I I used it as a dipping sauce. That makes sense. Am I an idiot? Does everyone know that? And I'm just a complete idiot? Do you want me to answer that question? Yeah, please. <laughs> Go for it. I need to hear it. That's fascinating. Anna, in newsrooms, pizza often plays a role. I'm wondering if, you know, we ask this question from time to time, but I'm wondering if if pizza has ever, you know, powered the podcast that, you know, in your your world, whether it's getting together and ideating. Or even reporting. Or reporting Mm -hmm. or, you know, where, where it's played a role, if at all. Man, you are making me, this is like, this is a pizza sadness, is like, when I think of pizza and journalism colleagues, it it feels for me very past tense. It feels mm. like when you used to go to a place and do your work together. Yeah. And I have such fond, especially like election night pizza, like oh, when the, when the yeah. pizza would show up, you yep. all like you're just filing and then you all share it and then you have like cold election morning after pizza. Um, yeah, but now my 
journalism life is very remote. So I mm-hmm. maybe a way in this move to Slate, maybe I should figure out how to have quarterly pizza parties with my colleagues who live in the Bay Area as that. a way of connecting. You know, yeah. Connecting. Do you all get to have pizza together very often or is this where you usually do this? Do you ever have in-person podcast interviews around pizza? We have yet to. We're only about six months in, and we have yet to. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, um, we're busy. We have all kinds of things, but we, we definitely, that's, <laughs> oh, that's in our- so busy. <laughs> um, well, we have so busy, he doesn't have any time to eat pizza with me. Just talk about it. I mean, I, I'm, I've never been opposed to it. We, I think, are going to be hanging out um, tomorrow. Yes. eating some pizza. Tomorrow so we're going to go cool. to John's of Bleecker yeah. Street and Joe's in the same day, same yeah, afternoon. Yeah. We're oh, that's pizza. cool. Yeah. We got pizza in Brooklyn not that, not crazy long ago. So yeah, I think that, I think if whatever happens with this in the next few months and momentum wise, I would love to do more and more, you know, any kind of events and we're building up, we've had guests from all over the place, but especially in, in the New York area, it'd be great to do some kind of you know, pizza party with some of our favorite people to come out and even just take photos if we don't even record much. But yeah, I, I, I'm I always up for something like that because I was adamant that the show had to have a party in the title because while I, I live in the sort of New York metropolitan area where pizza is ubiquitous, I grew up where pizza is associated with an event for the most part. And so mm. I love the idea of trying to take back the idea that it's a pizza party and that it's not, it's a special thing, not just this thing you always have to walk around with. Well, I do appreciate that obviously as well. I really love that. I feel like 2024, we should commit to each other that we will organize at least one pizza party with colleagues. Let's do it. I think it'll yeah. make our lives better. That's a great. We need to do, yeah, a New Year's resolution. We're a little late, but let's let's do a New Year's resolu- <laughs> resolution for that. I mean, I was talking about dying of heart disease, so I guess this <laughs> this sounds more uplifting than. Well, if we're gonna die anyway, we might as well have some pizza parties before that. I'm against the dying part. We, let's not die. How about let's just not do that? How we're not gonna talk about it? the health ramifications of eating too much pizza. Um, so, but right now in California, Anna, what are your thoughts about the pizza in Berkeley? I, I really am a fan of it. There's like really good, you know, you can get, there's this one pizza place. What's it called? My husband is in charge of it. It is so funny. You have to order by 4 p.m. to get your order in and then you get assigned a time to pick up your pizza. It has a very like, we're doing you a favor. You're, you're like by giving you a pizza that you're going to pay us I mean, the most famous place that I know of in Berkeley is Cheeseboard, where it's the Cheeseboard oh, yes. Collective, where you go and you kind of like eat the pizza on the median right there outside. And they've actually even got, I think, a, a pizza engraved in the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look down right outside of the, the pizzeria. Um, I don't know the place that you're talking about reservation-wise. It's called- as Mendy is the other place that I know of. I've Ooh, been hearing about over place. the years. Cheeseboard is, here's what I love about Cheeseboard Pizza. Uh, I don't get that quite as often because it's one of those you know, really like they they're like, we've made you a great pizza today. This is mm-hmm. your choice, yeah. which doesn't always fly with the younger yeah. elementary school set. Yep. Um, but it's right in our neighborhood. And when you walk by Cheeseboard in the evening, late afternoon, evening, they always have live music and they open up the windows. And so you're like, oh, let's have some time with the jazz trio while we walk to the mm-hmm. post office or walk to the grocery store. And there's, you know, there is always a line out front, but it really feels like they, even if you're not eating their pizza, they add joy to the neighborhood in a way that I really appreciate. One of the things I love about that pizza experience in Berkeley is you can go to Cheeseboard, you can sit in the median on a beautiful, you know, day and have your sweatshirt on and kind of just like eat your pizza. And you go across the street and you've got Chez Panisse there, Alice Waters' famous restaurant, which also serves her own kind of pizza. So you can have this kind of, it's not that that's like too fancy, but you've got this very kind of mud and opera feeling Mm -hmm. to eating pizza experiences right there. So I, I kind of always love that. Yes. Yeah. Or and then you can go to Safeway right down the street and get a frozen pizza if you really right, want to get muddy. There you go. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, let's see. The other thing, the other pizza place that I think is worth shouting out because I think what it, it's very exciting. And Cheeseboard does this sometimes, but there's this pizza place called Sliver that is um, not an employee-owned co-op like Cheeseboard. But I think Sliver. Somebody used to work at Cheeseboard started Sliver, and it on the pizza boxes it says some of what you 
paid by pizza goes to combat human trafficking. Not sure of the backstory there, but the, the, the sliver part of sliver is you get a pizza and then on top of it, you get this teeny triangle sliver piece on top. So like it's the perfect, I have pizza for my family. I'm getting the plates down mom treat to just be like, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna have this like little <laughs> triangle. It's like extra and you're like, where did this sliver come from? Because you have a whole pizza. I love that. Is there like, is that like a thing that pizza places do? And I just think sliver is special about it. Or do have you seen this trick before where they add the little? I mean, I've seen I've seen shtick stuff where they put, you know, you'll make a pizza out of a they'll make a pizza box out of a pizza and put the pizza inside the pizza, the pizza pizza box. I've seen like little pizzas, triangles on top of other slices, but I don't know of like a common Maybe I'm embarrassed to admit I don't know, you know, maybe somebody will call me out for I should know this, but I haven't seen that as a like de rigueur kind of just like shows up all the time, little mini slice situation on the slice or on the pie. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I like that. It's a little treat. Yes. I'm always frustrated by sort of monoculture and things looking the same everywhere. So hearing that those those Berkeley pizza spots sound like how I envision Berkeley in a, oh, there's a jazz trio in this one. And this other one is very socially conscious. Like, I don't know. I'm like, that's how 100 percent it should be there. You know what I mean? I don't want it. I don't want it any other way. But uh, but something like that for Berkeley, especially. I feel like that's, I, I do think maybe I need to have, I don't go and get a slice very often in my life now, and maybe that's something that's missing. I When you were describing what that's like to go to a slice shop and stand at the tall table and have a moment by yourself in the middle of it all, like that's a really, what a great, it's like a smoke break, but healthier. It's 100% the pause that refreshes. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. like a smoke break, yeah. Um, I have a couple of really quick questions I want to just kind of run through that can be one word or short answers, however you want to respond to them. You've you've spent time in New York. Uh, you have your slice experiences there. Is there one place that particularly calls out for you? If you were coming back into town, you wanted to have a slice of pizza that you would go to that one spot? Yes. And it's I'm I, the place I picture and I should know the name and you all will know it. It's the place right up from the comedy cellar on the corner. Ben's? Ben's. That is like the slice shop where I would go. There's also like, Joe's just down the street. Um, I would go to Joe's store, when I, I visited like. New York, um, when I was like needing like cheap food when I was visiting. Um, but Ben's I feel like is like the place when I visit now and I'm out later than I am mm-hmm. in my mom life in Berkeley. It's like, let's get a slice. Yeah, that's where we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, to blot or not to blot grease on a pizza slice? I, I, if it's like a puddle, if it if it takes like desperate measures, but not not as a standard practice for me. I think that's is, the correct is, answer. Is there a topping that you really don't like, and what is it? I I don't like when I'm expecting sausage, and instead mm-hmm. it's like a a quarter piece of like a circle of like a salami. The coins kind of thing. no no good. With yeah, the coins. I don't like that. Yeah. I like yeah. like ground sausage Crumbled. on my yeah, sausage like pizza. That. Yeah. Uh, you already mentioned red pepper flakes, but what's the best way to dress a New York slice? You've got your parm, your oregano, your garlic, your red pepper flakes right there. What do you reach for? Just want red pepper flakes or do you have a combo? I do Parmesan and red pepper flakes. My combo too. Mm-hmm. Do you have a go-to topping that you will order or just cheese for yourself? We're not talking about for the kids. We're not talking about with your time. husband. This is just for you. Uh, I really like a just like a really good, really good mushroom pizza. Um, but if I'm doing, sometimes I like to do spinach. Spinach. Okay. <laughs> and what, for mushrooms, canned, are you against canned or you always want fresh canned. or do you, you're against canned? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I feel like because you mentioned the sliver and you have this moment for yourself and you appreciate that, I want to ask you, if you're going to go pick up a pizza, do you feel as the person that is going to pick up that pizza that you are entitled to have a slice of that pizza in your car before you start driving because you went and had that pizza. You went and got that pizza for the family. Or is that forbidden? And you, it's peak freshness. It's right yeah. there out of the pizza. It's not going to get any better than right then. Is it okay to eat that slice right there? It's no. kind of a leading question the way you phrased you it. You can't disrupt like the circle. But that's why the sliver is so genius because okay. it's like a secret Where did treat. it come from? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? I would. That's offensive if somebody brings me a pizza with I a pizza I feel like missing. 
if I am going to pick up that pizza and I have never been to that place before and I'm experienced, I want to experience that pizza as somebody who calls himself, thinks of himself as a pizza spelunker or a pizza adventurer who tries to have a pie at all these different places across the country. I feel like I went and got that pie. I'm going to eat that slice right there in the car. Or I want to get in the car. I'll open up the box right there on the hood of the car and eat it right there in the the parking lot standing there. (laughs) And I like how you made this into a a moral dilemma, whereas I look at it as simply like being in a car eating pizza. No. And then also it's usually too hot. Like you go pick it up Mm. and it's fresh. The tomato sauce, like I don't want it right then and there. Like it's a, it's, it's kind of a mess. There's there's nothing appealing about not nothing. I I don't think it's worth it to me, but it's not necessarily for moral obligations, but just for personal comfort. I have failed the moral code here. The moral pizza (laughs) code is deaf. I have, I've failed at that. I think you should order yourself your own little pizza as your like pickup bonus. (laughs) And you can eat that. Yeah. Order a slice. Yeah. If it's that kind of place. But I think also it depends on who the pizza's for. If it's like for like some kind of you're hosting people and you took a slice, that seems not right. But if it's your family and they know you, you know they won't be offended. I think I think morally that's okay. That's true. And it's core to your identity and this is what you do in your me time. Then I could get I could get behind it. But if I didn't know that backstory, I would be offended and yeah. find it rude. <laughs> Anna, I'd like to end it, and you sort of touched on it with the mushroom, but do you have a perfect slice, and where are you going to get it? I I mean, I'm going to shout them out again. It's really good pizza. It's Joya's Fungi Pizza. It's G-I-O-I-A. And it's like, it's like a, just like a storefront, like a window. So you can get a slice, you can pick up your pizza. It's in Berkeley. It's close to a park. Like, maybe like getting a slice while the kids play on the playground and like that's like really nice and it's mushroom mushroom oh yeah well anna not too many people have an opportunity to have a soapbox to discuss pizza is there anything we left out is there anything else you want to get off your chest when it comes to pizza with this very unique opportunity oh god you just like hit my scarcity fears talking about death and money right there how do i not blow this opportunity <laughs> no you don't have to blow it it's um, okay no pressure if if you're satisfied we're good. But if there's something else you want to make sure you you mention. I think that that's all I have to say about pizza. Fantastic. That's great. <laughs> what a great bookend then. We're good. Anna, this has been awesome. And I want to, you, you know, it was uh, we worked together back at the Takeaway WNYC. And I have this memory of you talking about mm-hmm. a trip. This is many, many, many years ago that you drove up to the Pacific Northwest and I remember being mad at you because I'm thinking, what are you doing in my head? That's my that's the trip I've planned in my head my whole life. I don't know why you went off and did it, obviously, to copy me. And I think you probably did it before you met me. Um, but I did that same trip um, like a couple years later with my now wife. So I, 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 I thought about that, too. Like, oh, man, that was what a, it is one of my favorite trips I've ever done. So that's a fun little I just weird memory I have of. Our oh, time I together love that. Um, I remember. I did that trip in a rented PT Cruiser convertible. What did wow. you drive? Uh, a, Coro- a Toyota Corolla that had no idea what it was getting into. So we drove from San Francisco all the way up to Seattle, stopping in the Redwoods, in Bend, Oregon, Portland, Oregon, and up to Seattle. And yeah, this little uh, Corolla that was in the city of San Francisco had no idea what it was in for. PT Cruiser, though, that is fantastic. Did you drive through a tree? We didn't. We didn't because it cost money. And the time we had, we had to, like the way we were in, when we were in the Redwoods, we just had no time to delay. We had to do everything perfectly there <laughs> um, at Arcata. And we we just didn't do that. Did you? Yeah, of course. And, a P- and it's you. from PT Cruiser Convertible. Of course you drive through a tree. That's true. Yeah, you, you kind of have to. I drove across country in a PT Cruiser with my then girlfriend named Anna. So there you go. Weird. Whoa. My mom got a PT Cruiser when they were new and I was in high school and I didn't have my own car. And I, speaking of privilege, I was so lucky. I was able to drive my parents' cars because they worked in the city and I was able to have access to their car. And uh, I re- realized right then and there, it was red. And I realized then I never want to drive a sports car. I never want to drive anything. When I would stop in town and people would walk by and stop in their tracks and look at me in this PT Cruiser <laughs> It was so humiliating to me. 
And I, you know, I was, it was the sweet spot of like being a junior senior in high school and just be yes. like, I hate this so much. I don't want anyone looking at me when I'm driving. So oh, this so episode maybe. not brought to you by the PT Cruiser. I, know, I was just going to say, <laughs> I thought maybe they could be a sponsor. No. Wasn't a great pickup that for that car. It was not, it was not a good car to drive cross country, by the way. I don't know. No. It's very, you know. Anna, thank you so much. I'm glad you did that trip, Alfred. That makes me happy. I'm glad. I'm glad to be associated with that memory. That's good. I've thought a lot about that. That was funny. And uh, yeah, what an awesome trip. I mean, seriously, one of my favorite. I just that area is so awesome. And like, what a cool thing. Oh, it's really fun to do this with you. Thank you for having me. Attention, everyone, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. It's time for pizza news. Nation's Restaurant News reports that Chuck E. Cheese is, quote, jumping into new activities, adding indoor trampolines available for younger guests under 52 inches tall to over 100 locations across California, Florida, Illinois, Maryland, Missouri, New York, Texas, Virginia, and Nevada as part of an ongoing $300 million remodel initiative. I just feel so, this makes me feel so uneasy as a dad. Trampolines also and pizza and eating too much. Like you're just, there's just, you're there's throwing up and somebody's going to break a leg and that's what's going to happen. Have you been to one of these trampoline like parks? Yeah. I, I mean, they're amazing. They are, I mean, they do when you walk in and you put your mind, like you, you go back to your mindset as a kid. It makes Chuck E. Cheese entirely obsolete. I mean, it's one of those things I dreamt of having a trampoline park when I was mm-hmm. 9, 10, 11, 12. So. Yeah, and all those kids running every which way, and you're just watching. You're like, that that one's going to collide with that one. The heads are going to – I don't know. That's my anxiety right there. Totally worth it, though. I mean – So you're in. You like this You like this move by Chuck yeah, E. Cheese. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, smile America. All right. Well, in a city full of pizza, the dollar slice reigns supreme. That's from Laughing Squid filmmakers Travis Wood and Alex Malis created, quote, the ultimate film about pizza in New York City with Dollar Pizza Documentary, a short film that extols the benefits and drawbacks of pizza slices that cost a dollar or less. In a city as expensive as New York, however, it's good to know you can be fed well for very little money. 72% of diners plan to order pizza this year for the big game, National Pizza Day, or both. That's the headline from Pizza Marketplace, reporting on findings of a national dining survey on 2024 pizza ordering predictions by Hunger Rush, a point-of-sale software platform provider. 32% of those polled plan to order from a local chain or independent pizzeria over a big chain. 56% of diners say overall quality and taste matter most when choosing where to order. The pizza styles most consumers plan to order, pepperoni, 63%, cheese, 56 and meat lovers 51%. And finally, 43% of those surveyed say they make somewhat complex to very complex changes to their pizza orders. Is that you, Alfred? Do you make very complex take this off, put that on? I feel like and do you order pizza for the Super Bowl? Is that something you do? I don't know. Super Bowl because we wake up early, we never have huge plans for the Super Bowl. So, no. Cheese pizza is fine for a situation like that. How about you? Uh, you, I mean, wings. That's my big, you know, I'm a wings guy. I wrote okay. a book about wings, so it's wings. We get wings from Dan and John's. Shout out here in the East Village from Buffalo. It's kind of weird saying you're a wings guy when you're hosting a, uh, a pizza podcast, but go ahead. Today's topic is last meal pizzas. Dead pizza walking, Alfred. Pizza is commonly requested as a last meal, and it's played some high-profile roles in last requests and press around them. According to Lapham's Quarterly in January 1985, Pizza Hut aired a commercial in South Carolina that featured a condemned prisoner ordering delivery for his last meal. Two weeks earlier, South Carolina had carried out its first execution in 22 years, electrocuting Joseph Carl Shaw. His last meal request had been pizza, though not Pizza Hut. Complaints rolled in. Spot was pulled. An official claimed the ad was never intended to run in South Carolina to begin with. Now, pizza has also been involved with outrage around last meals. In Texas in 2011, you may remember the state stopped offering special last meals after Lawrence Russell Brewer ordered two chicken fried steaks, a pound of barbecue, triple patty, bacon cheeseburger, a meat lover's pizza, three fajitas, an omelet, a bowl of okra, a pint of bluebell, peanut butter fudge with crushed peanuts, and three root beers, and ended up not eating anything. There are so many last meal lists. I'm sure you could call one that's purely pizza together, but I just want to highlight two interesting ones to get your take 
on how they'd make you feel. Now, from Complex, a vegetarian pizza to be donated to a homeless person in Nashville. This was a request by Philip Workman. He was executed in 2007. And I don't want to make light of this. I don't want to talk about what these folks did because it is very serious, like sure. what, what, what they were doing here. But I, I think that it's really interesting to talk about this for a second. The prison denied his request. And he was he asked, who knows what he went through in prison and what he wanted to do. But he, he asked for um, a, a vegetarian pizza to be donated to a homeless person in Nashville, and the prison denied his request, supposedly, but several homeless shelters in the area did receive pizzas in response to that request. What do you feel about this? Do you feel like that should have been honored? Like he was he was trying to do something like a good last deed with his life, basically, I guess. And no, they said no. I only hope if it was denied for some like actual legal reasons that you couldn't budge on. However, this whole concept is a bit surreal and not to talk politics at all, but like last meals in general, we talk about perfect slices. We talk about this and we do the whole sort of thought experiment of gun to head. What are you going to have? It is still surreal that that's a real thing. Like we talk about it in such abstract terms, but it's a real thing that we have human beings waiting to eat. First off, let's be real. I don't think I'd be able to eat anything in that circumstance. Obviously, you want to be like, I'm going to order this big greasy thing, but I don't think I, 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 if I'm nervous at all, it's very difficult for me to eat and I don't think I would be able to. So donating your last meal sounds very appropriate. And the whole thing is, uh, uh, Reminds me of how barbaric we are, and it's all very, I don't want to say silly, but it almost is silly for how crazy the whole thing is. It's really interesting to me that you said that because, you know, Cornell University researchers found that last meal requests uh, and whether the condemned person eats or not reveals whether they believe they're innocent or whether they've accepted their execution. So according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, these researchers at Cornell University who reviewed last uh, meal requests from 247 people just before they were about to be put to death before 2002, between 2002 and 2006, found that those who asked for something specific – usually wanted what was comfort food to them, what they associate with their lives before prison and learned that the condemned person, that's not a big surprise, who insisted he or she was innocent were almost three more time, three times more likely to refuse to eat than prisoners who had accepted their guilt. So I thought that that's kind of interesting that you said that you would not Weird. be able to eat that. Anyway, last one I want to get your take on here is a 21 piece bucket of, uh, KFC, two large Domino's pizzas, ice cream, a bag of jelly beans, a six pack of Pepsi, and a pack of Camel cigarettes. Reportedly, uh, this was the request made by Robert Alton Harris, who was executed in 1992. Um, The person who dealt with the condemned prisoner's requests reportedly changed the pizza to Tombstone Pizza instead. Now, I don't know if this was... If this is real, this is what I read. This is, you know, if it was meant to be a joke, like you're dying, here's your tombstone pizza, or you know, this is also like how you feel, how you feel about, um, you know, what you asked for your, here's your last request. You asked specifically for Domino's and instead you get tombstone. Like, oh, this whole thing is crazy. It's all nuts. It's so weird. Why are we doing this? (laughs) I don't get why, it. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this as a topic? Or no, why are we no, doing this? No. Why are we killing but people? Why, as I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, who's spending the money on this? You know what I mean? What a weird concept. Because oh, yeah. this also won't be what, the, how could this be what the person actually wants? Like I would want when I'm definitely going to be convicted of something, which we know is just going to happen. Obviously, <laughs> it's my destiny. <laughs> I don't be at a, the door si- right now. A silo pizza from Lake Bluff, Illinois. But yes. that's not going to. There's not. They're not going to get that. Who's going to grant that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So this whole thing feels ridiculous. Is that is that's how we're ending. That's it. Well, thank you so much for listening. My apologies to Anna Sale for us ending on such a bleak note, but. What a fun, delightful interview with Anna. And please uh, stay tuned. Follow her on the various social medias, Anna Sale, to find out what's next for Slate's Death, Sex, and Money. Should be great. Great podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And follow us on all that social media stuff, too. And tell your friends if you like this. Yeah, Alfred's account is at Alfred Schultz. There's no what in Schultz? T. I'm Arthur no Bobino tea. at NY. Seabest Pizza. Follow the show at Pizza Pod Party and Uni at Uni HQ. Alfred's so over social, he doesn't even want to give the address or his account. Remember, 
A great pie is one you're already thinking about having again before you finish the first slice. Another great episode next week for Valentine's Day. Thank you so much for listening. See you then. Make pizza. The Pizza Pod Party. Please rate and review the podcast. The Pizza Pod Party is hosted by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Produced by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Created by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Researched by Arthur Bovino. Engineered, edited, and mixed by Alfred Schultz. Voiced by the fabulous Holly Palmieri. And presented by Uni Pizza Ovens. Visit uni.com. That's O-O-N-I dot com to find out more about the world's number one pizza oven brand. And follow Uni on social media at UniHQ on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.